Welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show. I'm Andrew Slavin. It may be the winter break, but we are back, flashing our leg in the direction of the Premiership, more blatantly than Charlie Adam. It's 2019, and it's time to take stock with what we've seen so far. One point separates the top three, six points separate the top five. Join us as we dissect the most competitive league in Europe and the season so far. We'll be working our way down the table, so if you're a Dundee fan, you might just want to skip a fair whack at this show. But hold on, there's a transfer window open. Clubs are already doing business. Defoe's in, Ambrose is out, and McCormack is back. You know where they never take a break? The Championship, and League One, and League Two. That bunch would eat an ice cream in the snow. We'll be checking in at Dundee United, where Robbie Nielsen is reading the riot act. Alongside me in the studio, though, from The Telegraph, it's JJ Bull. Hello. Happy New Year, JJ. Hello. <laughs> Happy birthday to the world. <laughs> That's I've, an inside joke. You I suggested to, to Andrew that it might be too late to keep saying Happy New Year to everyone. But then I guess people will still do it for longer, won't they? Possibly. And from the mail, making his totally Scottish debut, it's Harry Slavin. Hello. No Ooh. relation to myself, I have to admit. No, spelt differently. And said differently as well. Slavin, yeah. Slavin? Yeah, no relation for... Bernie yourself, are you? No, no relation to Bernie. I get that all the time. I have worked hard to get where I am at right now. Who's Bernie Slavin? Bernie Slavin is the former Middlesbrough striker from Glasgow. Scored a barrel full of goals for them. Pleasant fellow, I'm sure. I've never met him. (laughs) (laughs) If you're out there, Bernie, it'd be nice to speak to you, Dad. Hey, this is Fred the Hitman Hart, and I got a message for the Kill Monarch FC. Just remember, you are the excellence of execution, and you are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And don't ever forget it. Let's start by looking at the top three, and we're joined now by Adam Miller, a.k.a. the great old fun facts on Twitter. Adam, first of all, what a season it's been so far. Four different league leaders, including Hearts and Kilmarnock, how much have you enjoyed it? It's been absolutely fantastic. I think uh, both on and off the field, it's just been non-stop this season. And uh, I think I mean, last season was absolutely incredible and we thought it would have to go some to top that, but it's definitely on the right track. It doesn't feel like we're on a winter break because there's been so much fallout from uh, this Rangers victory against Celtic. So Alfredo Morelos won't be suspended when the Premiership returns um, because he's avoided punishment for three incidents against Celtic. Do you want to tell us what happened? Well, Well, the good thing about that subject is no matter what you say about it, everyone takes it with a pinch of salt and no one seems to get upset about anything. So I think we're on fairly safe territory here. Um... I, th- I, th- I think the interesting thing about that game is that that happened what was nine days ago now, and it's all everyone's talking about. Even even by Glasgow Derby standards, and I'm I'm watching what term I use to talk about that game. <laughs> even by Glasgow Derby old firm standards, nine days after it to still be talking about it the way that we are, it was uh, it was something else. The thing is, with some Celtic fans that you get on social media. Even if Celtic had won that game, there would still be some kind of contentious issue. But I think given the fact that it was the first time Rangers had beaten Celtic in so long, 
uh, I think that's really exacerbated it. I mean, Morelos could have had a couple of red cards on another day, but that's just his kind of combative nature. The, uh, the fallout from the Celtic fans, considering this is one loss in however many years, is pretty... I mean, have you seen it before where people just go this nuts over it? I've seen, I've, I've seen it kind of in, uh, to like a smaller degree, but I think uh, just the, the extent of it this time, I think it might just be the fact that, I mean, in all likelihood, Celtic are still the favourites for this league, but it's the first sign in years of a genuine kind of title challenge. The fact that off the back of that win, Celtic haven't had a game coming straight after where they can put it right. And, you know, if, if that game had been on a Saturday and then the following Saturday Celtic took three or four goals off someone, you go, right, Brendan Rodgers has got them back on track. They had that, like, that's maybe been the wake-up call. But they've now got a period of a few weeks where that result still weighs heavily on them. And Rangers have reacted quite well by bringing in a few players as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Just the fact that there's signs of a genuine challenge from Rangers, I think that kind of adds to the, the tension and, and maybe the frustration among Celtic fans. And some of that fallout, um, I mean, has been very entertaining from a, a kind of neutral point of view, but a lot of it has been completely the opposite. So obviously, um, John Beaton received these horrible threatening messages, had a police Absolutely. escort. Uh, clearly, we don't condone that. I'm not sure any normal no, human no. does. Of course not. Uh, have you seen, the, you seen the, the statement that Celtic released on Friday? Yeah, well, I, I thought with that statement, I, I just got, there was a whiff of Rangers to that statement, uh, talking about decisions not going their way and everything like that. That's been the tone of certain Rangers statements in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, so I tweeted something to that effect. I mean, uh, losing a big derby, releasing statements like that was just like the logical conclusion of Celtic's obsession with Rangers is that they become Rangers. So I think that's what the witnesses But yeah, I, I, I think uh, what happened with, with Beaton was just so beyond the pale. I mean, there's a, there's a point with this. I think Celtic fans have absolutely have a legitimate grievance regarding some of the decisions that happened during that game. But for it to reach that level, and then even after it's been reported that he's received threats or texts or whatever's happened, for people to then, and I've seen lots of this, be questioning it going, well, we've not seen any evidence of it. Well, surely if it's a police matter, then we can't just expect, we can't expect screenshots to be plastered all over the internet. Yeah. You know? Moving on, you'd mentioned that some amazing signings have came in um, for Rangers, Jermaine Defoe being one of those. What, what sort of impact can you expect from someone like him? Well, the interesting thing with Defoe is when his name was getting brought up a few days prior to him signing for Rangers, there were Celtic fans, a few that I saw online, saying, why are Celtic not going for this guy? And I I think with Defoe, yes, he's 36, 37, but I think he's an example of someone that's kept himself in quite good condition. And, you know, there have been examples in the past of when... Celtic Rangers have brought in veteran strikers and they've come with good reputations and it's just not quite worked out towards the end of their career. But I, I get the feeling, in the short term at least, uh, Defoe will be a good signing. There was uh, someone, I think it was a guy, uh, Crumbs TMT, tweeted something to the effect of Celtic fans are slagging off Rangers for signing Defoe and Davis, old guys. 
it's, it's short-termism, but that's he's saying that's the whole point of it. Rangers have a short-term goal, and that's to stop Celtic achieving 10 in a row. And if they come in and do that, then that's the job done. So when I first heard this, it struck me as being that the Scottish Premiership has turned into one of my football manager save games, <laughs> where the next thing that's going to happen is that Aberdeen sign some Colombian wonder kid and win the UEFA Cup, which obviously can't happen now, because mm-hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. But this, this, this seems a bit like... Um, when you realise that Defoe shares the same agent as Steven Gerrard, it, it makes a lot of sense, in a way. So it's a good um, sign-in for, for Gerrard, I think. and uh, it, it could go one of two ways. So there's been loads of players that come into the Scottish Premiership that have been removed and hidden out in a luggage trolley to get out of the way because they don't want to be remembered. But Defoe, like Adam said, has kept himself fit. And the way he plays should probably suit the Scottish Premiership because he'll just lurk and he plays with his head. He's an intelligent player, so he plays with his head in the box. He doesn't need to be hugely fit or anything. I don't think he's going to win headers against Scott McKenna or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he'll need to because he can play alongside Morelos or he can do it on his own. He's just there to score goals. They create chances, but they need to have someone who gets on the end of them and poaches in the box. I think the biggest worry you'd have about him is his match fitness. Mm. And you look at what he's played this season. He's been he's been starved of first-team football in the league. He's played in the League Cup and he's still not managed to score and when you think of Jermaine Defoe you maybe think back two seasons ago mm-hmm. and you think about the Jermaine Defoe that single-handedly kept Sunderland up That's and it. was firing and he's in. 36 now exactly yeah. and you've got you've had, you've got two seasons since then you've got the season last season at Bournemouth where he scored a couple of important goals he got eight last season this season there's just been nothing for him and possibly there it's maybe more of a gamble than the sure thing that it seems to be build up to be at this moment yeah. in time. I mean, obviously they signed Glenn Kamara and Jordan Jones in pre-contracts, which I'm a real big fan of. I just love it when the two big teams in Scottish Premier <laughs> Premiership buy everyone else's best players, put them on the bench. John Jones was pretty delighted with the move. Yeah. I think it's that Northern Ireland. Hey, this is happening connection. again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, it's not until the end of the season. Is he going to so play? Is Jones going to play for Rangers? Is he going to start in that team? Um... So he's like so. Joe Jones, great, one, great player. I think he's good fun to watch. Uh, really nice on the ball, but he doesn't <clears> actually <throat> score or assist many. Well, two two His goals and four good. assists for the season. If he goes to Rangers, he needs to needs to eclipse that massively. I mean, he's doing that for Kelly if he's really going to step up to the next level. Well, do you think he would turn that up to kind of make an even bigger impression? I think he's <laughs> trying now. Killing what he was until he did a <laughs> what is it? He'd, at the end of that tweet he did was. Uh, I mean, come on, man, help yourself a wee bit. Well, this is the thing, and I, I think he, what Kilmarnock maybe wants to try and do now is maybe try and push him out the door this window, which yeah. there is a possibility yeah. still of. We should probably talk about what we mean, actually. So at the end of his tweet, he says, um, it's a, a WATP, which obviously we are the people, is that mm-hmm. what it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does that at the end of his tweet. He's not left Kilmarnock yet. It's another probably good sign-in for Rangers, but it just strikes me as exactly the kind of thing that used to happen where players who are essential to other clubs go to the bigger move, more money, certainly more prospects of, of doing things, and then they don't do the same. Look at Johnny Hayes at Celtic. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Obviously, they did the same with Ryan Christie as well, but mm-hmm. I think it's just it, it's just, it's smart from Rangers, I think, more than anything else. They are still Definitely. playing, playing catch-up with Celtic with regards to player power and everything else. So I, I think Steven Gerrard's just playing the game more than anything else. He's seen what Jurgen Klopp's done it at uh, Liverpool, while he was there at the academy, yeah. getting in Naby Keita, getting him ready for next season. Um, so I think he's just learning as a coach and 
playing the game. I would agree. So the the worst thing about it, though, not the worst thing for everyone, but, but I really enjoyed Killy being pushing at the top, and Jordan Jones is a huge part of that. So whether he stays or not is obviously important. I know that no team in the Premiership took more points in the calendar year <laughs> 2018 than Kilmarnock. A, a lot of people kind of hate calendar year stats, but that's... Not you. No, 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 I do. Happy I, New Year! <laughs> <laughs> I do love calendar year stats, and that, that was one that I absolutely loved. If you're a Kilmarnock fan, the way that this year has gone, or the past year has gone, you'll trust in Clark and his management team to... to He's a pro. He's, he's got to do his job. They're going to be. They're going to be fine. Uh, and I hope they can. They can still challenge. Also, Celtic they, as well as Rangers. Uh, he's, he knows how to get good players in. There must be some floating about from his old clubs. Must be a winger at Newcastle. Needs well, he's always the amount of contacts he has. It's ridiculous. He'll get help from someone. Of course, there are other signings we should mention. We should. We should move on to the, uh, the champion Celtic. They haven't really responded um, to Rangers' influx of transfer rumours and headlines but they have brought in Oliver Burke on loan um, for the rest of the season uh, from West Brom a funny one right physically like he's big and he's strong and he's really fast yep. he's so fast but he didn't make it in Germany because his, his well, head's he scored, not there he scored in his debut for Leipzig didn't he and and there was all this everyone in Britain was kicking off going oh wow like this Scotland international and then comparisons mm. to Gareth Bale and all this nonsense um, he's only 21 He's got a lot think, to do. A lot to learn, I yeah. think this is one of the biggest problems we have in Scotland is that because our national team for so long has been a bit in the doldrums, we've been so desperate in looking at Wales and looking at their model and we've looked at Bale and we've said, we need one of those. And we've done it with Burke. We've done it really with Jack Harper as well, yeah. who's making his career up again at Malaga. Yeah. We've done it with um, Ryan Gold, who is obviously been linked again back at Hibs. Yeah. And so maybe it just needs... We need to kind of back off maybe a little bit from Burke and hopefully just give him the, the space to, to thrive really at Celtic because yeah. he's, he's had a tough time of it. Um, and obviously, I mean, you touched on kind of the comment about no space in the heads, the the hard drive it's, comment. It's like that, football yeah. intelligence roughly yes, talking absolutely. about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That, 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 that Ralph, Ralph, um, Ralph Hasenhuttle, yeah, yeah. who came out with this comment. But I think, I mean, looking at the way he's started at Southampton, He's very. Much, he does seem to be a bit of a hothead, and his his level of patience is poor. He's already come out, mm-hmm. and in the press, and he's he's had a go at some of his players. He's had a go at Lamina. He's had a go at Long, and this is a team that probably needs a bit of an arm around them because they are struggling at the moment. Yeah. And you think that maybe with a twenty-one-year-old coming out and telling him you're thick, essentially, is is not the right way to go about it. And I think Brendan Rodgers may be able to get on. Oliver Burke's um, level maybe a bit more. Yeah, I think it's actually quite a good little move. It'll suit. He'll suit the Scottish Premiership. I think so um, because yeah. he won't. He won't really need to be working back as much, would he? <laughs> Every player has to put in a shift, Andrew. <laughs> well, in the Scottish Brendan Rodgers might be able to get the best out of him. You never know. Hey, I tell you, one player who might put in a shift. Go on, Timothy Weir, son of George, son of George, president Weir. of Liberia. Liberia. Yeah. Now, this one's quite exciting. The president's son. I've seen this lad play. He's fast. He's very, very fast. So we're going to say another F so, word. They are followed by... A... No, no. He's, he's. I would like to see a race so. between him and Oliver Burke, put it that way. They are, they who, are, who would win? He's rapid. I think I'd put, on, I'd put my money on where, if I'm honest. Well, he's um, from PSG, number PSG. So obviously they've got some good links with that club. That's nice for Celtic. But there's also another one <laughs> called... Uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with this player, Vakun Isuf Bayo. Bayo, 
Peo Peo Reported around 2 million Offered to Slovakia inside Dunjaska Strada Yeah Another of my favourite European teams It's quite funny how there's just A different approach entirely From Rangers and Celtic yes. they've, gone, they've gone from just that, yeah. Different ends of the spectrum mm. And you've got You've got Gerard coming in Saying what I need in my dressing room Is a bit of experience To come in Because we That's what get us over the line and Rodgers has gone completely the other end, and I think that will be fascinating to see because you can only speculate at the moment. It'd be fascinating to see actually which one in the end does mm. does win out. People of the Totally Football Shows, you know what you could be listening to right here? You, your company, your product, out here in front of hundreds and thousands of listeners who are mostly men between the ages of 25 and 44. As well as the twice-weekly Totally Football Show, we've got a network of other football shows. There's Galazzo for the discerning cosmopolitan listener. There's the Totally Football League show for the loyal hardy listener. And there's the Totally Scottish Football Show for your listener who likes those big square sausages. And we've got even more podcasts on the way in 2019, some of them not even based around football or indeed sport. To discuss advertising on one of the Totally Football Shows or across the Muddy Knees Media Network, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. We reach well over a million pairs of ears each week, and now you can too. Email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Let's move on to the clubs in fourth and fifth. Hearts led the Premiership for the first two and a half months, and since losing the Betfred Cup final, Aberdeen have won six of the last eight. Has the winter break come at the wrong time for Aberdeen and for Sam Cosgrove? He scored eight goals in five games in December, JJ. You don't sound very enthusiastic about it. Oh, it's amazing. I remember texting you going, what the hell is going on? I know. Sammy Cosgrove, Ballon d'Or. That is the uh, new chant at um, Pataudry. Sam Cosgrove out of nowhere, and this is why um, I think it's important to always just put a bit of faith in managers who have been in the game for a long time, because they tend to see things that uh, non-football people, although I don't like that phrase <laughs> at all. But this is, like, McInnes clearly saw something in Cosgrove. Same thing I think he saw in Stockley. Jaden Stockley used to be at Aberdeen, who just it just got a big move, didn't to he? To Preston, yeah, yeah. He was all elbows, and like I think he'd hit Kieran Tierney in the face quite badly in a Scottish Cup final, wasn't it? Mm. But yeah, uh, Cosgrove has really come on, and those goals are exactly what they needed. It is astonishing that Aberdeen are legit in a title race, and they are mm-hmm. where they're sitting just now. And they've been awful all season. Yeah, we've been saying this all season. Oh, they might be inconsistent or whatever, but they've just been playing the badly results. and getting results, which is it's champion form. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's time in January, bring players in. Uh, I think they've got a training camp, they'll be away in the, the hot, Co- sunny did, did you not say Cosgrove has got a, a new contract because of this? Um, I think that was actually producer Charlie who said that. But yes, he has got a new contract, hmm. we found today. I'd imagine that's just a pay rise, which is deserved for his performances, and he's now currently the first pick. James Wilson can't get in the team. Uh, when he comes on, Wilson's... I can't tell, he must be... You'd think he'd be desperate to prove himself. Yeah, we were quite excited when he came in, but he's not really... I remember, as, as I said in this podcast before, like, I saw him play against Motherwell, and he was next level, honestly. His movement, like, mm-hmm. the position, I thought he was... Was so that his s- first game? Uh, no, but it was his first goal. And I just thought he looks at like the kind of player who needs to play with better players around him. I know it's easy to say if you're a footballer, but um, with better players around him, he can do more and his game's probably better. But with what he had, it's a little service. He just wasn't used to that kind of that kind of style of play. Maybe he'll come on in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. having adjusted more to the league and the style of play. But um, I'd imagine McInnes will be really looking for a number 10. That is absolutely essential. Maybe another left back to replace because Max Lowe left. He's gone back to Derby, yeah, um, which is a big loss. He's been excellent recently. 
And that's another thing they need to sort out. Need a midfielder, absolutely, on their centre mid to come in. Well, McInnes um, definitely wants extensions for Graham Shinney and Gary McKay-Steven, whose yeah. contracts are out in the summer. So how likely do you think that will be? I mean, I have no idea, but that I think that was offered to them a while ago. But Shinny could up his wages from, I don't know what he's on, I'll, I'll just guess and say five grand a week, say. He got to Cardiff, who, and I know Neil Warnock is, is really keen on Scottish footballers. Yeah. Um, he, he get 15. And he, like, who, what kind of madman would turn that down? Well, McInnes said, I think, early December, or mid-December, um, that Shinny and Mackay Stephen owe it to the club and to McInnes. Um, to sign new contracts. Well, that's the thing that you play on the legacy and what you'll yeah. be remembered. The thing is, Shinny will be remembered as an Aberdeen great if he stays. And he's already, I mean, there's not one in him with them yet. But um, yeah, we should talk about Hearts, actually. They are fifth, only six points off the top. They're not far. They're, they're, they're still hanging in there. They had a miserable kind of end to November, December, didn't they? And, mm-hmm. then, and now um, they've got Stephen Naismith back. They just lost, though, Jimmy Dunn, who's went back to Burnley. Yeah, he's done. He's done. He's finito. But mostly done. <laughs> and then they're, they're actually bringing in Johnny Finito uh, to replace him in January. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. Well, apparently, that's the type of signature you expect from Hearts as well, isn't okay, it? That's a bit Somebody of a football manager one as, as well. Johnny Finito comes in. He's an Argentinian winger. Start a Twitter account. <laughs> uh, they have got, again, Charlie has been red hot these last few days. He's got, he says it. So a guy called Connor Shaughnessy, who I don't know anything about yet. I've looked into him and he's um, from my vast researching network. Mm-hmm. Football manager! He is a midfielder or a centre-back, so he can play in both. Versatile. Uh, but what if, because um, Bader's coming back. Yep. Uh, Suter will be back soon, I think. I can't remember when he's meant to be He out, was so. meant to be back in January, right, so, so well, he can't be too far away. To get ready, yeah. And that's, that is massive for Hearts, because he was exceptional at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. They're a great pairing. And then they've got Dickamona as well, who can play. And so, he, Piazzo should be coming back soon as well. Not in defence, though, but yeah. No, no, not in defence. But again, it's just that one thing that we always said about Hearts at the start of the season, the whole team just gelled so quickly, and Nick Piazzo were part of that. Yeah, that so was, to have them all backfired, it would be excellent. Do you think they could legit push for the title? Um, genuinely, um, no. I don't think they could. <laughs> what, if, what if Charlie Adam came back to Scottish football? Would that change your mind? How about Charlie, that? Charlie Adam... Um, was once described to me as the most naturally gifted player in the SPO when he was. Was that from Charlie Adams? It could have been. It could have been from his his family or his number one fan. Yeah, (laughs) from Charlie Adams sixty nine at gmail. (laughs) (laughs) So I would I would definitely I would take it I would take it with a pinch of salt. But um, I mean he's obviously desperate to get out of Stoke. but whether but he's he would, to Rangers, he surely he's touted exactly. It. He'd, he'd he'd much rather, he'd much prefer to go to Rangers. Obviously, he's played alongside Stephen Gerrard before. But was he pals with Gerrard? I can't remember if they got on or not. I'm sure I've heard. I'm, I'm not sure how many people actually do get on with Charlie Adam. But uh, they've also signed David Vanacek. Hearts. He's he's come. Well, they signed him in the summer, didn't they? And now he, yes. he was signed to come in in January. So he's a Czech striker. Yeah, this is one they've been waiting Check. on for a little while, I think. So, Checkmate. and I think he was signed as a kind of like for like uh, Lafferty style player. So, so presumably he'll walk around a lot in a tracksuit. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see how much of an impact he yeah. makes. But um, they've definitely needed another striker. Yeah, they've maybe missed that little and large partnership for someone a, a, a folly for uh, for Naismith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Funny, Miss Nathan. Now he's back too. Listen, um, there was a bit of a fallout. It was it was really heartbreaking to see. Um, but Juan Murati asks the Totally Show on Twitter, 
Will Levine and McInnes get back together, or is this the end for them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? That's, that's uh, Craig Levine. <laughs> Perhaps we do need some couples counselling on this podcast. Maybe we should ask, if they don't kiss and make up by the end of the season, if they come down to visit us and we can just thrash it out, <laughs> have a few beers, Mediation. play some pool, we'll make the balls red and maroon... And um, it'd be very hard to tell apart. <laughs> I think you've done that all wrong. I think yeah. actually, um, you've seen what he said, yeah. right? Well, he's saying that McInnes was crying like a, a baby, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he also called him a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. But he says, like, listen, I get on. He says, I, I get on well with Dell, and this is the same Derek McInnes who, when I was on the phone to him three weeks ago, was crying his eyes out with decisions that were going against him, particularly two old firm decisions. And I mean, McInnes was right to. To moan about those, mm. the one where they got the penalty given, they get outside the box in the Betfred Cup final, and uh, which Joe Lewis saved, and the sending off of Sam Cosgrove at Ibrox. He was crying like a little baby at the season's going against him. So I have to laugh when I hear him saying that I'm always complaining. The boys that came out the other day, that um, Aberdeen and Hearts both said that they would wouldn't mind putting some money towards yes. VAR. Yes, you beat me to it. They, they they have came out and said that they would pay for it, but obviously not on their own. So they would need Celtic and Rangers to get involved in that, and, and other clubs quiet. could step yeah. up as well. Because that happens in the Eredivisie, I believe. Like Ajax and PSV, they've paid for the installation of all of that. So um, I think Levine was the first to bring it up. Uh, Isn't Levine today as well? Did not get? Um... He's been yeah. He's been uh, banned for one game and the other one, and with uh, a suspended game. And that's on for comments that's, on the Rangers. That's for the Rangers game. But the best thing is about it is obviously, and, and why I guess we love Craig Levine is that. He doesn't care. He will keep making. <laughs> he, he will keep making these comments. Yeah. He's been wrapped on the knuckles so many times that it doesn't make a difference to him now. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's and not making them up either. No, he? of course. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was obviously he was fuming with that twelve-man comment. Yeah. Against Rangers and his and position, his, goal for a good joke his, as well. His position, like, yeah. his position at Hearts though is also very strong. But he's not going to have any problems with Anne Budge. You know, saying these things. You know, sometimes when a, for instance, a young manager might come out and say things, you think directors of football club and owners might be like, "You're costing us money here." But well, who makes the decision is going to be Craig yeah, Levine. Exactly. I decided to fire Craig Levine. I wasn't up to my own standards. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rest for the wicked in the SPFL. Here's Neil White with the headlines from the Championship, League One and Two. Since we last spoke, Ross County had gone top of the championship with two wins in a row, while Air United drew two, so the new leaders started 2019 early and lost their Friday night fixture with Morton 1-0 in Greenock. That gave Air the chance to move top with the game in hand and they were at home to the bottom club, Falkirk who won 1-0. Zach Rudden on loan at Falkirk from Rangers continues to be their big hope in front of goal and he got them off the bottom of the table with this his seventh of the season. Falkirk have also started the winter transfer window at record pace. Ray McKinnon, their manager, has already brought in seven new players. Five started for Falkirk in air. For air, the story was the absence of a season-long regular. Their ace, Lawrence Shankland, who missed out through an Achilles injury and continues to draw a lot of attention from clubs in England and Glasgow. Queen of the South are one point outside the playoff places after they won 2-1 in Inverness and friend of the pod Stephen Doby scored the winner with 
Goal number 30 of the season, everybody. Tom Walsh had Cali Thistle ahead, but Scott Mercer and then Dolby scored a little under 60 seconds apart to turn the game around with six minutes to go. And in a week when every game in the championship meant something to someone, Aloha came back from two down in Dunfermline to grab a point. Aloha a five clear of Thistle, four ahead of Falkirk, and have more points than any other championship club across the last five games. Okay, League One. Our bros finally lost the league game since last we spoke, but remain 11 points clear at the top. They won 1-0 at home to Brecon. Ryan McCord came off the bench, headed in the winner, and then missed a penalty. Wraith Rovers, who ended the leader's unbeaten run at the end of the year, thrashed Stennis Muir 5-1 with five different scorers and are the closest challengers. Quite the scrap developing for the playoff spots in League One. Four points cover four teams from East Fife in third to Montrose in sixth position. Fifth placed Airdrie 1-2-1 at East Fife to squeeze things up further. Montrose and Forfa, the last of that group, also won. League Two and the top two, Edinburgh City and Peterhead, both lost at home. Only the third defeat of the season for both teams. The biggest shock came at Ainsley Park, where Darren Smith's goal gave Stirling Albion a win over Edinburgh City. Peterhead lost 2-1 at home to Clyde, who are now in the title race for real, five back from Edinburgh City and on an unbeaten run that goes way back to October and now includes wins over both of the teams above them in the table. Elgin lost the last playoff spot to Annan, who beat them 2-1 with a Tommy Muir double either side of a costly red card for Chris McLeish. And you're up to speed for 2019. It's been all change at Tannadice over the last few months. Robbie Nielsen was appointed Dundee United manager in October, and just before Christmas the club was taken over by American businessman Mark Ogren in a £1 million deal. On the pitch, the Tangerines were held at home by bottom of the table Partick Thistle on Saturday. We're joined now by Richard Winton, BBC journalist and Dundee United fan. Nielsen's been promoted from the Championship before with Hearts, but he says the league is more competitive these days. Certainly seems that way, doesn't it, Richard? Nah, I'm not convinced. No, you're not feeling <laughs> it? Well, you think, you think back to that time when Nielsen won the league with Hearts. Rangers were in the league, Hibs were in the league, it was a good Falkirk team. This championship is not anywhere near as strong as that. But Ross County are decent and Ayr are decent, but there's not the depth, I don't think, and there's not the strength of quality either. The budgets will be smaller for a start. And it, it feels if you look at the quality of player, it's it's poorer as well. I mean, last season, it was a particularly weak league, I, I felt. Um, Smyrna did well to win it, but the competition wasn't strong for them. OK, Livingston have come up and, and acquitted themselves well, but beyond that, there was nothing really there. And there was, I, I suspect, if you look at the points totals as well, the, the points will be more equitably split you know uh, Nielsen says the whole structure of the club is changing including a new director of football can you tell us more about that yeah it, well, it changed it changed over the summer to a degree anyway you know Paul Sturrock was brought back to be this kind of strange freelance chief scout type role um, but it's, it's going to change again a sporting director is going to be is going to be appointed to well I, I don't know if he's quite a go-between between the new owners and, and the and the Dundee based part of the of the board but He'll come in and, and he'll be in charge of the football side of it. Uh, Tony Ashgar is the guy who's expected to take up that role. He's he was part of the company that, that brokered the deal to buy the club in the first place. So he'll he'll likely come in and uh, let's believe he has a, a relationship of sorts with Robbie Nielsen anyway. So that that should help 
grease the wheels of that a little bit. Do you know his background? I've been told he's a former police officer. <laughs> yeah, I think initially he was in the police. He, he first came to my attention as an agent um, in Scotland for, for quite a while, and he's been involved in various things. And I think he founded this this Revolution Sports or something like that, this business that he's got. And they do seem to have a lot of links around the world um, with various different clubs and and, and associations. So a guy seems to be plugged in, certainly, and, and that can only be beneficial. But the deal needs to be done to get him in the door first, I'd suggest. Well, yeah, and that'll mean they can overhaul the playing staff, of course, and take in a heap of new players. Some of the players have been deemed not good enough, actually, and they're now training separately away from the first team. So a uh, pretty brutal task mastering going on. Well, there is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm slightly confused by all this because the talk is I think there's seven players that, have, that are now training separately from the first team squad. But if you look at, at who those players might be, they're guys who haven't really been involved under Nielsen anyway. So actually it's... It's not a material change to to his side from from week to week. So it'll be guys like Adam Barton and, and Yannick Wemba and Sam Wardrop who who weren't part of his plans anyway. So no great surprise there. It's maybe just his way of trying to expedite them them going in January so he can free up some some funds to to make some movements elsewhere. I mean, I know he wants at least another three or four through the door um, this month. His, his initial talk was well, only one or two. But the last six games, they've won one of them. And I think his eyes have been opened a little bit to, to what he actually has at his disposal. More so in terms of the personalities and the, the mentalities of them rather than the actual football abilities. Because if you look at that squad, there's a lot of guys there who've, who've achieved reasonable amounts in the game. But for whatever reason, they aren't living up with the, to the expectation and the responsibility that comes for playing with what is quite a big club. How important is it for Dundee United to get back into the Premiership? And do you think they will do it this season? Second one first, uh, the pessimist in me says no, um, because I don't see them winning the championship. Um, and the, the makeup of those playoffs is just so horribly grueling for any team coming up from from the lower tier. Hamilton did it in, I think it was the first year of the playoffs, but since then, United have certainly failed twice. Um, I mean, it's six games in the space of three weeks, less than three weeks. So, And the, the, the mental toll they take as well. So I, I don't think they'll go up this year. The financial thing... Certainly before the takeover, the feeling was they had to get up this season. Now, I don't know whether that's changed the landscape at all, whether the, whether the owner, the new owner, is, is minded to say, well, OK, we have another crack at it next year, or whether he's demanding things immediately. I suspect he may not quite write this season off, but be willing to say, OK, we go again next season, and, and that's the key season. But the longer you're out, the longer it, or the harder it gets. And you know the quality drops every year. And the, even the, in terms of signing players, you're going to attract a lesser quality of player the longer you're down there. Yeah, it's a big year. Six weeks ago, I'd have said they would they would get up and they'd win the championship. I'm not so sure now. That sound you just heard there was the terrifying sound of the Dumbarton Ultras. JJ, explain this terrifying group of people (laughs) (laughs) it's some young Dumbarton fans I think it's absolutely brilliant man I love it because like it's good you need people like that to support your club and come through like they're dead I don't know how old they are there's there's a clip on the internet the internet as though it's the small thing you can go and look on yeah Yeah, find it on the the Twitters and the Reddits but yeah it's it's a bunch of boys and they're playing a drum and they're going about there yeah I heard the drum so my dad's from Dumbarton that would have probably been my dad a good 40, 40, 50 years ago (laughs) 
You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Back to the Premiership now, and it was a very slow start for St Johnston. But then they caught fire in October. Five wins in a row, six clean sheets in a row, and a club record. The Saints sit sixth. Yeah, it's also nuts thinking St Johnston are two points behind Hearts, yeah. and Hearts were leading the table. I really, I mean, we keep saying this, but I really love the league this year. It's been just absolutely fantastic. Do you remember the first game St. Johnston played? And we were like, what is going on? Like, we don't know what St. Johnston are, are, what their shape is, what their kind of idea is. But Tommy Wright kind of came out and said that um, this season we want to be playing more attacking football rather than defensive style. And we're definitely seeing that now. It's far more exciting to watch St. Johnston than than it's ever been. On St. Johnston and with... Tony Watt. Um, it has been nice to see him rediscover a bit of form. Obviously scored on the winner on Boxing Day against St Mirren. But um, he had just a tweet at New Year, which was just kind of along the lines of 2018's been great. Being actually back to enjoying football again and mm. giving um, it was extremely kind of tough start for him. Like he kind of mm-hmm. blew up on the scene with just this one goal and the world was then expected of him and he struggled a little bit with that since, but it is excellent to see him enjoy his football again. Livingston have been the surprise show of the season. Absolutely. And now Rangers have stolen Ryan Hardy back. Have you seen that? Yeah, which is a real mm. shame for Livingston, isn't it? I don't know if you'll even get a game. I mean, uh, Sadiq, Umar Sadiq's gone, so they need backup strikers, yeah. even though they've got Jermaine Defoe in. But Hardy was doing really well for them towards the end of that. He just came back from injury, didn't he? Yeah. But it was exactly what Livingston needed because Dolly Menga's not known for his goal-scoring prowess. He's more Um, of a playmaker. Yeah, exactly. So so Ryan Hardy came in, he he gave Livingston that little edge up front. Obviously, you lose momentum when you lose your players and when they're just starting to build a bit and they had that great start and then they've levelled out a wee bit closer to what we'd probably expect from Livingston going forward. Mm. Again, I don't know what budget they've got. It can't be big. So the wages they've got, I mean, you've got to scout so well to find someone yeah. Maybe someone on loan from like a lower English league is about the best hope they can get in. The thing is, they didn't have Ryan Hardy for up until about December, really. So they did fine without oh, him. Yeah, yeah. But then obviously they had a bit of cutting edge and he was getting goals. It's so necessary when you're defending games and just needing to take your chances. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think Livingston will probably level out the rest of the season going forward now. Yeah, was it? They've been averaging about 1.5 points per game in the Premiership this season. So they should be all right. Hopefully they could finish... Well, they might even finish in the top six. would be amazing. Because that would be... After two back-to-back promotions, to then finish in the top six in the Premiership, if they were to do that, that's phenomenal. It would be some achievement, and especially after considering the way they started the season with the whole Kenny Miller debacle as well. It's been some some turnaround for them. We've now reached the lower mid-table section of the Premiership table. Hibs finished fourth last season. They're currently eighth, which is a lot worse than we expect from them. We're joined now by Gavin Wilson from the Hibs Talk podcast. Hibs have lost Emerson Heinemann and Effie Ambrose already in this window. Does it feel like a pretty miserable January? I have to say that not the best way to be introduced, you know, knowing that we're that far <laughs> down in the eighth place is no great place to be. But yeah, the, the year hasn't started. That's been pretty miserable as well. Um, I mean... I've got the Hibs calendar uh, got for Christmas and Emerson Heinemann's on January and Effie oh, Ambrose is on the, uh, February. Disaster. So <laughs> maybe maybe they knew something in terms of getting them out of the way, but aye. Uh, I mean, with the two of them, Heinemann, I'm not that bothered, I have to be honest. Uh, I think 
there's definitely a good player there, but it didn't it seem to work. And he seemed a bit lightweight, especially for some of the bigger games against Hearts and Celtic and Rangers and stuff. He just sort of went out the games. Um, but there was a tidy player there, and we did need that bit of creativity. So hopefully we can get in the January window. But yeah, Effie's a big one, obviously. Um, he's, he's been known for his mistakes. And I think there was a game we talked about in the podcast uh, last week. There was a game up in Aberdeen last season. We're uh, up at Petodri, uh, where we got beat 4-1 and he had a disaster. But this season, he's been strolling it. He's had a great yeah. season. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot. There are some fans that are quite annoyed, obviously, with uh, letting him have that release clause in his contract. But, you know, maybe that was the only way we were going to sign him in the first place. And, yeah. he's, and he has been a great player overall the whole 18 months he's been here. So it's, it's a real gutter to see him go, yeah. But Lennon, Neil Lennon's got quite a good history of signing players and I think he's got some good scout pals that help him bring in decent ones. He's been linked at the moment with Ryan Gold. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'd make a, a difference? There's Scott Allen as well as another one that could come in January possibly, if not the end of the season. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I'm, obviously it's been a while since we've seen Ryan play in Scotland well, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm not going to say that I've watched loads of Portuguese football. I'd be lying if <laughs> I said I did. You can lie, uh, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> But uh, I did. There was somebody on Twitter saying that apparently he's kind of changed position a bit and playing a bit more as a number number eight rather than number ten. So yeah. you know, but still has that creative element to his game. So yeah, um, apparently that one's really close to being done. Um, the official Hibs Twitter is kind of starting to joke about it and things like that now. So I think that one's near enough done. Uh, and Scott Allen, I think that will get done this month, hopefully. Um, and hopefully they can play in the same team and add that creativity we need to get the strikers scoring goals. The Hibs are in Dubai right now, where Celtic yeah. are as well. So you would think that Scott Allen one is probably <laughs> going to yeah, Everyone's there today, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think of uh, what's going on with the Hibs lately? So they've won two of their last 13 Premiership games. Um, I don't know what you made of their performance in the derby. Uh, what do you think Neil Lennon has to do, apart from maybe signing a couple of players? Is there anything missing, you think? I mean, well, in terms of missing, obviously the last season we had John McGinn and Dylan McGeoch, and yeah. then, you know, we added... Scott Allen to that last January and we were flying and it was great um, but we always knew they were going um, and I mean for a while it looked like Milligan was part of that solution we had him sort of playing that defensive midfield role I think once he came in uh, obviously Malin playing beside him we got four clean sheets on the bounce and things were going places and then we got injuries in other places and he went to centre back and then he got injured himself and he's came back and no being the same sort of player and we're leaking goals, we're not creating enough chances and it just seems to be a bit of a mess all over the place and we've got like 11 players injured or something. It's mm. So it, it is good that Lennon has kind of, you know, got his hands tied behind his back. I don't blame him for a second, but I, I just hopefully we can try to get some new uh, fresh faces in in January and turn it around. Let's speak about Motherwell. Ryan Bowman has left to join Exeter, but amazingly, I think it's a top signing. Ross McCormack comes in. Um, he returns to Fur Park, coming on loan from Aston Villa until the end of the season. Why do you think that's a top deal? Just because I think he's capable of still doing a lot of good work, especially in the Scottish Premiership. Although he's not done very much in the Championship at all this season. Recently. This, this is a player seen. who couldn't get to training because his electric door didn't work. I don't know. Like, I don't, I've not ever spoken to Ross McCormack. It strikes me as the kind of player that you don't know just quite how committed to playing he is. He's earned quite a lot of cash for doing not very much Dan Seth. Mm. You get the impression that 
Aston Villa that he did rub a few people up the wrong way. Especially Steve his, Bruce, yeah. Yeah, with his with his behaviour. Um but he's always been a bit of a, a nearly man. You kind of you wonder what kind of goes on in his head a little bit for a good two, three years in a row. He was on the cusp of that big fifteen million pound move to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He was on he was almost there, he was almost there and never really happened for him. Um and obviously he was fantastic at Fulham and, and Villa did then pay the big bucks for him but uh, he just seems to have kind of been in a bit of a downward spiral since then has obviously been out in Australia as well which is the last place you would have expected him to, to end up when he was at one stage a £50 million player but I think if he's feeling a bit more kind of at ease in his surroundings at Motherwell being back at a club that he knows then hopefully he will be able to kick on Yeah, that'd be nice actually The one thing I wonder because he's obviously quite a technically gifted player and the way Motherwell play is more like loads of rhinos rushing at someone. <laughs> apart from Bigger Man. Yeah. Well, well, he is amazing, but then he doesn't always get in the team, does he? No. I really like Bigger no. Man a lot. Yeah, me too. As I've said Good several times. Um, but yeah, so it's, whether he fits into that style of play, it might. T- I mean, obviously he's come from Scotland, but it actually might take him just a couple of minutes to adjust himself again to not only the Scottish Premiership, but how um, Stephen Robinson wants him to play. We should also then talk about Hamilton. Yep, we're big fans of Hamilton, aren't we, JJ? Yes. Fans of Martin Cannings, because I like him. I think he's honest. He's got a tough job. He's honest, and he's got a really hard job. We say this sometimes when there's a break. Oh, has it came at the right time for Hamilton? But I bet they win the first game and they come back. It's funny, because... And then lose they, after that. Well, they do this, don't they? Sometimes when they need, when they really need a result, they sometimes can turn it around but they just baffle me as a footballing team well, they've got St Johnson in the cup when they come back which is obviously a very tough game a tough tie between two committed sides why did you say it like that? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I just have to I, I get bored of talking sensibly in a row mm. it doesn't suit me I think for a while this season you've been looking at the table and you've been looking at Scottish Premiership table and you've been looking at a bottom two but I do think just off the back of those results that they've had, that you probably can now just about count that as a bottom three. Mm. As Hamilton, I've been sucked in. Um, yeah. And St Mirren and Dundee have, have picked up points recently and, yeah, it looks a lot tighter for Hamilton than it did earlier on. We thought Dundee and St Mirren, I say I'm talking for you, Andrew, and you, Harry, I thought they were going to be just doomed from the start. They were, they were absolutely uh, uh, awful at the start. No, no, no. Oh, I wouldn't no, say no, that. Not you, okay. No, no, no. I, I, I specifically remember the very first podcast we did because St Mirren beat Dundee. Mm. I think we both agreed that they would probably be in and amongst the relegation scrap for most of the season. Yes. And that is proved correct. Well, we're very smart then, aren't we? <laughs> oh, we just got lucky. We just got lucky. However, St Mirren have lost Adam Hamill, son of Mark. He was signed <laughs> for Scunthorpe. Hamill scored four goals in 13 games. Most of them are belters. He scored one from about halfway line, remember that? Absolute punt. Yep. They're responsible for four of St. Mary's 12 points. So straight off the bat, it's clearly a big loss. The other thing about Dundee is um, losing Glenn Kamara in the summer. How much... We mentioned Jordan Jones. How, how important might he be for Kamarnock in the run-in? Kamarnock might force him out because of um, that little Twitter remark. Will Glenn Kamara really be that bothered now? Playing for a team that's at the bottom. That Any professional footballer is always going to go out in the field and try and win a game of football. But Glenn Kamara's got his move. Yeah, and I, honestly, I don't know how much 
they'll miss him. He's definitely a very good player, and um, he's lovely to watch as well. And he sees he plays the game very nicely. He sees things on the pitch others don't. Maybe his teammates aren't quite in the same wavelength. But I don't even know if he's been essential to them this season. Well, Dundee haven't been that good, so it's 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 difficult to say. One, th- well, he is very good for Finland. <laughs> yeah, I think like from all the Dundee games I've seen, I've never noticed Kamara really standing out. I know he's decent. He on just it. plays very simple. He plays very very simple. He collects the ball and yeah. he lays it off. He's a very neat passer. He's a neat player, and that's Sometimes. the thing. He's a squad player. Sometimes they can be the most underrated players at the same time. But yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd agree completely with Kat. It is it, it's extremely difficult with these pre-contract things because if he's going to be two or three games left the season and he's expected to be going hell for leather for Dundee and he knows that actually after these two or three games I've got to start and make a good impression at Rangers in pre-season mm. he's then got a bit of a decision to weigh up so do I help Dundee mm-hmm. and possibly end up hurting myself in Missing the start of preseason at my new club, where I really want to impress. I don't think a footballer would think that though. Honestly. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I'm going, I'm going off Mike alone. There are there are footballers that do do it. It's mm-hmm. not just there's, there's, and I know we obviously go back to there's a, there's this competitive edge, and every footballer mm. would do it. But that's just not true, and especially when there is money on the line as well, and 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 it's still. I mean, this is this is a livelihood as well. You think obviously if if he's going from Dundee to Rangers. You'd imagine there that there's going to be a pay rise on top of that as well, mm-hmm. and that's when you have these questions now in January and the questions that Kilmarnock and Dundee have to answer is that do we want these players for the next five months if we think that they can't commit for those five months? That's it from us. We'll be back in a fortnight's time reviewing Scottish Cup action and looking ahead to the return of the Premiership, including a huge game at Rugby Park between Kilmarnock and Rangers. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Mm-hmm.